I'm Ty Nichols, and recently I've been thinking that life gives us so many amazing relationships with people who are so talented and interesting, but life is going to do what it does, and we're going to grow apart and lose contact. This is what happens when you spin the block on those relationships. Join me as I have a talk with one of my new old friends. Hey y'all, today I have my cousin on the podcast, and I know that that's a little bit interesting, um, given the premise of the podcast is for me to reconnect with people that I haven't talked to in a minute, but when you hear about how my cousin and I are connected, it'll all make sense. So, hey Marquise. What's going on? How's everything? Good. Right. Anyway, this is my cousin. Um, we're both Sagittarius. Is is what's the what's the plural of that? I don't even know. Right. I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, I find that we have a lot in common. Um, pretty similar. But we didn't really get to meet each other until 2017. I would say. Um. Yeah. 2017. Yep. About about that time, yeah, so it was about five years ago. So um, it's kind of crazy when you think about the fact that we just met in 2017 because I don't want to say my whole life, but your whole life, I've known about you. Yeah, and- I've never, I never knew who you were exactly. So um, let me start here. When you're telling people like, yeah, I have a cousin, right? Yep. How do you explain how we're related to people? And then I'll explain. Okay, so I'll say it the way that it was presented to me was that my dad was in foster care, um, you know, and then um, he was adopted and he has family that's originally from Harlem and they moved to Maryland. Um, and then that's basically it is that this is my dad's family that adopted him. Yeah. So the family is like really blended. There are a lot of adopted kids in the family, um, including from my parents as well. I have a few adopted siblings, but it's something that's like always been a big deal in our family and um growing up you know I got to have a relationship with your dad because all of us live super close in Harlem so I would say back then we were like a block apart or you know everybody lived within a block of each other um so I got to have a relationship but unfortunately your dad passed when I was like five or six Right. What do you remember? Like, what some of your memories of him, like, if any at all? So since I was so little, like, there are certain areas or certain aspects of remembering your dad that I don't exactly remember. But other details are, like, so vivid in my mind. For example, sitting and watching Barney together, um... Or going to the store together and him buying me candy that my mom didn't want me to have and like sneaking it to me on the low. He used to give me little lemon heads all the time. Um, And like 
there are times where I can still hear his voice. Like even when I'm talking to you sometimes, it I'm used to it now. But when we first got to know each other, it was just like weird that your tone is very similar. And for me to not have heard your dad's voice in all of those years, like hearing your voice, it just came back. All right. That's, 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 uh, I hear that a lot. You know, people tell me that we sound similar when we speak. Um, my mom says it all the time growing up that, you know, we sound alike. Um, she, she didn't really talk about him as much though. She, um, I believe I would like to think that the reason being is because I don't think she's accepted completely that he's not, he's no longer here physically. And, um, I know that it's very hard for her. It could be heavy for her. And I know that speaking to her, even when she talks about him, whether it's good or bad, it's a lot of pain there and a lot of unresolved, you know, healing. And I hear it when I speak to her and I know that it's very tough for her. And I know that it can be something that's hard for anybody. You know, for me, losing a parent at six months old, you know, and understanding that he was still a child too. He was a teenager. Right. Exactly. I think that that's something that um, I take into consideration a lot. Like, you know, he wasn't a full a full human yet, like full adult yet, right? And he was doing things that, you know, a 19-year-old or anybody at any age shouldn't be doing, you know, but it's something that you just have to learn to cope with. You'll never get over it. Like, I can never get over those things, right? Like, I can never think, like, my dad wasn't able to pick me up from school, right? Or I got to ask people how my dad walked down the street or what was his favorite thing to wear or what kind of music he listened to, you know? And a lot of times I think that we take those things for granted. You know, I didn't even know how much I I was missing my dad until I moved, right? Because growing up, I'm from Harlem. So my mom, we ended up moving all over Harlem to the Bronx, to Brooklyn. And then when we finally got settled down in Queens, a lot of my friends uh, in Queens had men in their house, right? And mm-hmm. I thought it was just odd because I never did, right? And um, I was like, you know, that's crazy. And, you know, my friends would be looking at me like, how is that crazy? Like, what's crazy? And it's because where I'm from, you know, just like you, I'm from Harlem. And a lot of times, especially at that time in the 90s, a lot of our dads aren't here. You know, I could name right. multiple people that I'm related to, cousins, godbrothers, you know, best friends, you know, it was three things, right? When you think about it, our fathers were either murdered, in jail, or absent. Like, there was never no, like, he's in our life, father, right? Those were the three things. So, you know. You you start to notice, like, oh, wait, you know. Wow. But what you said is 100% accurate. Like, you really start to notice that for most families, the situation with the dad is very much they're either locked up, they're either murdered or they're absent. And I can even think back to like a family that I know, a family that I know where every single male in that family was gone. Wow. Every single one for two generations. Right. So these are the things that like you see growing up in that neighborhood. It's not all bad, but that's like a really, really bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. And when you think about it, right, uh, you were saying something? Oh, I was just saying that's like a really bad thing that some kids have to deal with. Yes, and that's that's not even, that's like our reality. 
And when you think about like um, the pressures of being like a father figure to kids who aren't even your kids, right? Like that's another conversation. And we think about father figures, right? Sometimes we think that, you know, this goes for mothers too. I was reading this book with Bell, uh, Bell Hooks and she talks about, you know, absentee fathers and missing fathers, right? And she was breaking it down that sometimes it's good to know who your father is biologically, but it's also you have to understand that your father might not be the best male figure in your life, right? It's good to have positive male figures versus just having somebody around you that biologically is your father, right? Yeah. I think that we don't talk about that part either, right? Like we think that growing up, you know, our, our father is supposed, is supposed to be responsible for raising us or guiding us or giving us words of encouragement and, you know, being there for us. Right. And that part of that is, is true. Right. Like they should do those things. And I'm not saying that fathers don't cause they do, but it's also important that we get, that we, we, we have other opportunities to have other people around us. Right. And I think that we no longer talk about having that, that village. Cause we always talk about, you know, we put a lot of expectation in, in on our parents and our parents are supposed to do this and our parents are supposed to do that. But there's times where our parents just don't know, right? Like financially, right. right? Like my mom might not be the best person to go to for financial advice, right? I I might not be able to go to my stepdad for car advice if he doesn't know how to fix a car, right? Like we don't talk about those things. I'm not saying that my parents don't, but I'm talking about the expectation level, right? And then we think like, yo, that's wrong. And then we think because our parent can't do this, that they're stupid or they're incompetent to be a parent, right? And I think that we have to understand that our parents are humans as well. Yeah. And you were touching on before, like the whole aspect of grief um, with your mom and how it affected things for you growing up a little bit. And that is that is something that a lot of times isn't even addressed because we're just getting to a point where people feel comfortable even saying out loud, wow, I can't handle this by myself. I'm going to therapy. Right. And like in the black community and, you know, living in the hood or whatever, like one, people don't always have access to go to therapy Right. And on the other hand, there was a stigma around it. And we're just getting to a point where therapy is a little more accessible for people and people are more comfortable saying, like, I can't handle this. So I'm going to go to therapy. But you're talking about like the 90s, early 2000s. We weren't quite there yet. So for like your mom to be dealing with grief and then still navigating, raising you and, you know, I, I don't want to say that I live in her head or anything like that, but just in the back of your mind, also thinking like, well, how would he want him to be raised? Or, you know, what things do I need to teach him about being a man? Because at the end of the day, she's still a woman and she she's never experienced life in the shoes of a man before. Absolutely. And I think that that's one of the most important things, right? Like growing up, there was things she couldn't teach me, right? Um, my mom would like, she had to adjust her life almost. Like, you know, she raised me not to be soft and, you know, say what's inside of you, you know, always tell the truth, never lie. Um, she will always just tell me to have morals, values and think about, you know, the positive. And actually 
you know, I think that that contributed a lot to some uh, messed up ways too, right? So my mom not understanding how to be a man or raise a man, she was, because, you know, I was young, there were loops in that, like there were loopholes in that, right? Like when we think about sometimes uh, with women, you know, we're talking about how they think a man should be versus how a, a man say, nah, don't do that or don't do that. So growing up, my mom's expectation was to just let things go, right? Like, don't let nothing bother you. Don't be the bigger person. You know, don't sweat this. Don't really let that bother you. Everything was also just like, I had to always keep everything in. So I had challenges growing up expressing myself, right? So therefore, not having my dad around, and I'm not blaming him, but not having my dad around, you know, I had a lot of anger. I was frustrated. I couldn't understand why my life was the way it is, right? Mm -hmm. And every time I'm trying to express myself, I'm being told to let it go, move on, ignore it, chin up. You know, things that you would, you know, people say to young boys, right? And I saw how that affected me because I had trouble expressing myself from an emotional standpoint, from a logical standpoint. And at times when I would get flustered, I would just explode, right? And I was just so frustrated and I was just so mad and I had to learn that, you know, the way I was raised, you can't keep everything bottled in, you know, and we tell black men to do that a lot, you know, like we're not supposed to be vulnerable. And if we are vulnerable, then we're considered weaker, right? Like I'm weaker than him because I'm expressing myself like, no, not at all. You should be able to express yourself and articulate your thoughts in a verbal way, right? And you shouldn't be judged by that from the people that's connected to you. But I think that the problem is people look at men as like these tough, macho, ego-driven people when, you know, a lot of times men just want to be able to have a conversation, you know, and just be able to communicate with each other. And, and we and we have trouble with that. You know, I see it for myself dealing with some of my friends, you know, when I speak to yourself or any other family member that's a woman, I can get my thoughts off. I can have a conversation and then there's times when I speak to my home, some of my homeboys, and they're like, yo, just don't even worry about that, yo. Or don't even let that, don't even let that bother you. And it's like, nah, son, but it is bothering me. Because at the end of the day, I want to be able to express that. And I should be able to express that to you. You know, sometimes as a friend, you just want to be able to get things off your chest, right? But we got so much bottled in that we don't have that opportunity. Yeah, I, I do think that you have a level of self-awareness, too. Um, which is great, but it helps you to identify like how you said, I'm not okay with this. And not everybody gives themselves room to say that, to say I'm not okay. And then the other thing that you were saying that kind of stood out to me, like when you think about the grief thing, people talk about grief being a cycle. Um, But I think that instead of it being a cycle, it's more of a spectrum. Like you can you can feel a lot of the same things all at once. So you can be sad and understanding like how you said um, anger because your dad wasn't there. And I felt anger too, like being younger and realizing like your dad was so young when he died. And I was so angry about it for so long because I'm just like, young people aren't supposed to die. (laughs) And you know, like me being five or six or whatever, that just like completely shifted the idea that I had about, you know, mortality and everything. At that point, it wasn't, it wasn't too deep, but in my mind, young people are not supposed to die. 
and your dad did something that he was not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine for you where you're growing up and, you know, you said that you started seeing families where there were father figures around, where there were dads around. You're just like, he did something that he wasn't supposed to do. And now he's not here. And I don't have that. Like, I can see how there is sadness. And then there's also understanding, but there can still be anger. Right. With all of that. Right, right, right. I, I, I agree. I remember being a little kid, right, going to school. And I remember just like listening to um it was a class and they was playing Luther Vandross dance with my father again, right? And he's talking mm-hmm. about, you know, this opportunity he got to dance with his dad and how great it was, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember as a little kid just breaking down, like just like breaking down. Mm-hmm. And I was breaking down because I was like, damn, like this man really singing about, you know, his dad being gone and you know he wanted to dance with him and he couldn't. And I'm like, I ain't never gonna get that. I'll never get that opportunity to uh, dance with my dad, right? And then growing up, watching Uncle Phil, right? Like, yeah. Uncle Phil is all of our uncles in some way, right? Um, watching him and how he was able to to be Will's father, right? He's Uncle Phil, but he was really his dad, right? And right. watching that episode of when his dad, when his biological father showed up and how he you know he wanted that right he wanted this relationship right but not understanding also that the relationship he wanted with his biological dad he was already getting with uncle phil but he had to learn as an adult like you know why doesn't he like me or why doesn't he want me right and that's another thing too like we all we sometimes we put like these expectations on these people on parents sometimes and we and you know they're not fit they weren't like we have to we have to acknowledge that sometimes people have sex, unprotected sex with each other, and then they get pregnant, and then it's like, whoa, what the hell is going on? Right. right? Like, some people never... One thing we don't understand is that people have sex with each other, and then people have children with each other, but we don't... Sometimes we don't even know that person, right? Like, think about, you know, people that we've been with. We don't really know. I don't know that girl like that, and now I got a kid with her? And I and I probably never even really wanted kids, Right. Now I'm not saying that you're supposed to flat out leave your kid. You put you're supposed to have take on that responsibility because you did that, right? So but we don't you're literally about- getting to know the person as you're raising this child because you don't know them. Right. Right, 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 right. So just it's so many ways it intersects and how it could be, and it's just tough. It's it's tough, right? Because at the end of the day, when I think about my mom or my dad, right? My mom was 18 when she had me, right? My dad was 19 right? These are children. Like, there's no, I don't even know if they would even be who they are currently today. You know what I mean? Like, together. Like, we don't know that because they were so young. And I think it's unfair to think that they have to be together. They're supposed to work it out because they have a son. It's okay to say, you know, you're not best for me. You don't fit me and you don't fit me. But we can agree to co-parent and raise a child together, right? We don't have to be beefing or which parent is like some competitive thing going on. Like, no, the, the point is you want to make sure that this kid is happy and healthy. Right. And that's right. what's important. And we have to separate how we feel about that per that parent and focus on raising the child. I agree. And I'm happy you know that because everybody listening, he doesn't have any kids yet, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
for you to understand all of that, you know, before you're in it and figuring it out, I guess the hard way it's it's good. Um, but I wanted to circle back a little bit and kind of shift gears here. So if we think back to the first time we met, it was at a cookout that was at my parents' house. Um, and I don't know how much I'm going to tell you guys about, you know, my family and everything, <laughs> but my mom loves to throw events, like for any <laughs> reason, any reason. <laughs> so my mom's brother, oh, I don't even think I explained that. Let me jump back real quick. So <laughs> Marquise's dad was my mom's younger brother. Yeah. So anyway, my mom's other brother uh, is sick and we had a little fundraiser for him at the house. And we did like raffles, we did um, just donations and everything to help with medical bills and all of that. So my mom literally tells me maybe like two days before that you're coming. So I was so like thrown off because like I said earlier in the episode, I have known about you your whole life. And I just knew that you were out there floating somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You didn't know anything about us at all. So what was it like, you know, coming to this cookout where you're not just meeting like, one you know obscure auntie and and one cousin or anything but you're meeting everybody at one time and everybody knows you and this is your first time meeting everybody wow it was pretty heavy right like you know people are looking at me like i'm like in an exhibit or something you know (laughs) (laughs) you know uh your mom was like completely in shock right like she screamed like it was i would like to think that a large part of it was because my dad was gone you know obviously and then when she see me you know i'm assuming that we look similar we look very much alike same eyes similar smile you know same build so when she saw me she like i think she dropped like a pin like she just like was like oh my god like in her mind you know i think that she saw my dad, right? She saw Jose, and then she was just like, "Oh my God, like that's crazy!" Like, and I'm walking towards her. It's almost like I was—I was like a myth, right? Like, cause she didn't know what to expect. You know, we got to think about that too. She doesn't know like how I move or what I'm doing. So when she saw me, she was just like, "Oh my God!" And I remember, I remember everybody just talking to me and telling me, you know, I know your dad and things like that. And it was nice to hear. You know, but it was just so many people just just like in shock, right? And I think about um the lady who adopted Jose was my grandmother. She um she was like like how your mom reacted to times like she was just even in more shock. Like she covered her mouth, she couldn't believe it. And yeah. I, she couldn't believe how much we look alike or facial expressions or it was like it was almost like they were looking at him. Right. And I get that, too. Right. Like people looking at me and like, oh, my God, like it's been over 20 years and this kid is standing right in front of me. He has and he literally think about it like this. He looks, talks and moves just like his dad. But then in the same breath is like he doesn't even know that he's like that. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's, it's also, <laughs> think about it this way too, like, and we're probably going to go over time just a little bit on this episode, but I don't even want to end the conversation just yet. So let's keep it moving. Okay. Um, but you have to think about it this way too. When your dad died, he was so young, right? Mm-hmm. And then this time, 2017, you were like very early 20s. So yeah. it also felt like we hit pause on your dad when he died. And then meeting you is like pushing play, sort of. Oh, and yeah, right. I didn't think them. about it that way. Yeah, for them. So it's like all of the hopes and dreams and things that everybody might have imagined your dad being able to do and then being able to see you living past what he was able to live it's just like wow it was a lot like that day was a lot but I realized that you needed to be rescued because (laughs) it looked like you were so overwhelmed I felt so bad (laughs) nah it's it's all good you know it was just it was just something like think about like seeing Ella you know or speaking to Ming even like think about Ming too right like Ming didn't really know my dad that much so she's just like what the f- what's going on? Like, <laughs> and like your mom is like holding my hand, but you know, your mom is also like a basketball coach. So she's trying to have her hand and everything. So like, she's looking and like, she's talking and like, I'm like, wow. You know what I mean? And I get it. It's tough. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. Like you said, it was like press play again. And then I remember you and I remember seeing your husband and at the time and your kids and, I remember you were like reserved. He was real smooth, right? And like, you know, I try to think of myself that way. You know, I'm not the smoothest guy though. And I remember seeing you and you was pregnant and I couldn't understand how you was related to all of us. Cause I was like, this woman is so beautiful. Like, and I'm not saying it like, I'm not saying it like, Oh, like in an attractive way or nothing like that. But it was like, she's just like, like a Miss America or something. Like she it's like, wow. Like you had like good smile and, your complexion and everything, and then I gravitated towards you, you know what I mean? Because I want to be around beautiful people, too. You know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> and then I was talking to you, and then you was just mad cool, like, cracking jokes. You didn't put no... You didn't You didn't put anything on me. Like, you wasn't like, your dad did this, and your dad did that, and da 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 And I get that. I'm not, I don't mind that, but you were just, like, easy with it, right? And I think... I thank you because I didn't have that there, you know? And then think about my mom too. She doesn't even know how to react. So to have you around, it made the day a lot smoother because I was pretty much, like you said, overwhelmed. So having you around, it helped a lot because you was like, you okay? You need anything or whatever? And think about like you were pregnant at this time. So it's like. I was pregnant, pregnant too. Like <laughs> this was like in July and I had Joel the end of August. So I was like big and pregnant. Right, 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 right. But you still had grace, which is crazy, right? We don't even talk about people having grace anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting because I I know like my mom, she she definitely means well. But I was just like, if you're an introvert, sometimes you're just like, all right, let me go to the corner for a minute, gather my thoughts, and I'm going to be right back. Right. Um, And I just knew that, like, if it was just, like, my mom or just Nana talking to you or just, you know, anybody else, it might not have been so bad. But, like, you were literally having all of these conversations back to back to back to back. (laughs) Right, right, right. At the end of the day, it was a cookout. It was supposed to be, you know, a fun event. And I was just like, I don't know that it's fun for him anymore. Let me <laughs> have a conversation real quick about something 
that's not his dad. Um, right. And it and it kind of took away from what the event was created for, right? Like it was like it shifted from your uncle to Marquis. <laughs> oh man! But no, like everything that they felt, I felt that like when they called me to the front of the house, um, and I saw you, I felt the same thing that everybody else felt. It's just like I took my little time to process it first, and then figure out how I felt about it. And then, you know, by the time I was like, you know what, let me go and have a conversation. I was like, he probably doesn't want to talk about that anymore. Everybody else has talked to him about that. Um, But I left the door open, like, if you ever wanted to have the conversation with me about it. So. Right, right, right. Thank you. And then think about, like, my mom being there. She's my mom and your mom are similar in that way. Right. So my mom is like, yo, take a picture, take a picture, (laughs) take a picture. Like every five minutes. And I'm like, yo, first of all. You know, I don't really like pictures in, in at all, right? So my mom is, like, pressuring me to take pictures. Like, take a picture, take a picture, take a picture. I'm like, yo, I, be- I just met these people, like, two hours ago. Like, <laughs> I don't- We're still strangers. <laughs> strangers. Right, right, right. Like, you- take a picture, take a picture. And you know, you know how moms can be. We all have one. So, you know, it's like, take a picture, take a picture. Like, relax, bro. Like, all right. Like, I'll take the picture. Then I'm like, how do I even look in these pictures? I remember I had to wear white. So I had like on a white t-shirt. And your mom was like, you better pull your pants up. You know, so I'm like, okay, yeah. It's that. She's breaking me in, right? Like, she's breaking me in. <laughs> Let me tell you. So me and Ming, and if my mom ever hears this, she's probably like, why would you say that? But me and Ming, Ming is my sister, y'all. We have a joke because my mom loves having these all white parties. Like, no matter the occasion, she's going to have a white party. And me and my sister joke and say that it's supposed to be black people heaven. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly. So anybody listening, that's exactly what it was like. Like it was like, we were all see, white. And then you see somebody come in who looks exactly like our dearly departed family member. <laughs> I can see why she dropped the pan. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it was like, yeah, it's exactly. Like it's like heaven. And then you see me, it's like Jose is in heaven. Like he's here. Like he's arrived. <laughs> I didn't think about it that way until you said it. You're absolutely right. hundred percent. But I'm so happy that, you know, it happened and we were able to like connect and, you know, be close and everything. Cause I mean, you haven't really had anything yet, but you've come out to events and stuff or met up with me and Ming different places. And mm-hmm. that's been cool. So Right, right, right. And it's almost like uh, I think your mom would be upset, too, because it's kind of like you stole her from me because I was talking to her all the time, texting her all the time. But then, like, you came here and now it's like I don't speak to her as much as I speak to you. Right. So you, you're you at fault for that. We're going to hold you accountable for that. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> OK. And on that note, <laughs> this is normally when I would tell people where to find you online and all of that. But. Marquise doesn't do social media like that. Oh. <laughs> I'm only I'm really doing this because how much I care and love you. So this is like people ask me to do things, be participating in things like this all the time. But I look at you in a special light. So I did this for you, and I'm happy that I was able to do it. And hopefully, we can do it again. Yes, I'm probably gonna spin the block again on some of these guests and have y'all back on the show to talk about some other topics because I definitely know one that. Uh, you and I talk about often and it's, you know, black, uh, black media portrayals and things like that. So 
I would love to spin the block, have you back on the podcast, and we can talk about some of that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and, you know, being transparent with the audience. And hopefully someone can relate to this and, you know. Absolutely. And I I thank you for uh, having it. I'm very proud of you. You know, you're being creative. You're taking ownership in what you want to do. And I'm proud and I'm happy to celebrate that at any time. That is it for this episode. Check the episode description for information on where to find me and information about today's guest. See you next time.